Yes, indeed. We are off and rolling and ready to look at the weekend on the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It is College Basketball Coast to Coast. I am the somewhat competent host of the program. I am enlisting big-time guests uh, to be with me, including a Hall of Famer who will be with me in just a second. A reminder, however you have found this podcast, whether it's a social media link, whether it is streaming on TuneIn under the TAG Sports Group channel. Again, go under Sports, look for TAG, T-A-G, TAG Sports Group. This uh, podcast, this show streams 24-7 on that channel. However you found us, subscribe. Find us on TuneIn. Subscribe via Apple Podcast. Uh, We are constantly now going to be updating shows, not just on the weekend or coming off the weekend on Monday, but starting in March, this will become a regular daily show, and I look forward to that as uh, Selection Sunday is right around the corner, the conference tournaments, and then the big dance, the much-delayed big dance that we did not have last year. We, we may get a double dance out of all of this. So with all of that out of the way, let's get hopping, let's get rolling, and let's welcome in uh, one of my faves from the Sporting News. He also uh, blogs about the bracket. He is the bracketologist for FoxSports.com. You see him on the Big Ten Network. He is everywhere. Multimedia platform star and in the Basketball Writers Hall of Fame as well. Mike DeCourcy back with me on College Basketball Coast to Coast. I know, I know it's getting good if I wrangle Mike DeCourcy to come on the show. How you feeling? I'm doing well, TJ. How are you? With all of that filibuster out of the way, let's get to the hoops. Let's get to the games. Let's start in the Big Ten, right in your wheelhouse. We saw Michigan very impressive again on Thursday night at the time we're taping with a win over Iowa. We saw Michigan State about an hour away in East Lansing impressive and pull out a close game with Ohio State. So as we bring you in, give me some thoughts on the two Michigan teams and the Big Ten race up at the top. Well, there is no race race, right? I mean, Michigan's got it. It, it, Some may complain that uh, they may end up playing fewer games. At this point, they have played 13. Illinois, the closest to them in the standings, has played 17. Ohio State has played 18. So it's not a totally fair fight in that sense. Uh, But uh, look at it this way. If you, if you sign up for a 15-round fight or, well, now we have 12 rounds and Mike Tyson comes in and knocks you out in 91 seconds, which has been known to happen, uh, it's, the fight's over anyway. It's, <laughs> Michigan would be the heavyweight champion of this league, and it is a heavyweight league, it, you know, even though they haven't gone the full distance of 12 rounds. I like that analogy. And you know, I'm a big boxing guy and it gives us a, a plug for the big fight weekend website and podcast where we talk boxing, but you're absolutely right. Uh, do I have to fight 12 rounds to be impressive? If I can knock you out in the first or in the fifth, I like that part of the analogy. Uh, it's like tiger woods. And, and we feel again for him, separate subject, separate podcast with the car wreck. I fully acknowledge uh, the seriousness of all of that. But when we're talking about tiger woods on the golf course, when he would play in match play, if it only took him 10 holes to win his match, when it took you, uh, fellow player 15 or 70 he's still tiger woods he's still great and i know those are uh individual sports but i understand your point too hey back back to the game with iowa i, I thought it would be a little closer on thursday night what did you see why was michigan so impressive mike de well they did first of all a great job on luca garza and that's where it starts when you play iowa if you if you're effective against him and and they can show length uh with hunter dickinson uh, that's highly problematic. And they also, because they've got a guy like, uh, like, like uh, Davis, uh, Austin Davis, uh, they've, they, they've got those extra fouls if they need them. And they don't, you don't want to, you don't want to send um, 
Luca guards the line too much. He's too good at it, but you do want to make him uncomfortable. And so with the, with the, the, the tag team combo, so to speak, of the two of them, they were able to make it really difficult for him. And although it, it wasn't an awful night shooting for the rest uh, of the, uh, for the rest of the Hawkeyes, they just weren't able to be productive enough uh, to beat a team like Michigan that brought everything that it has. And let me tell you, one of the things that you noticed last night, I said, I've been saying this for ever since the Ohio state game, which was on Sunday, that there's another gear in Michigan that, people don't realize. And that gear is Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner is a big time talent. He has been content, I guess, for lack of a better word, to be a, a, a tertiary option, maybe even beyond that. Uh, Dickinson has been number one, Livers number two. Uh, the guards have probably divvied up, uh, you know, Brooks and, and Smith have divvied up a lot of the shots. And so Wagner's been okay with like, playing a complete game, rebounding at a ridiculous level, uh, steals, great defense, assists. Uh, He's been all of that. And scoring has not been a huge part of his game. But I'm telling you, he can be a game-changing offensive player as well in terms of his scoring ability. Uh, And he can get offensive rebounds. There are so many ways he can contribute. And that's, you know, I'm not saying that Gonzaga and Baylor aren't better because they are. But that's that element. If Wagner becomes in March a breakout player, a guy who's all of a sudden going for 16, 18, 25, then maybe they can get closer to those two and on that given day be the team that takes one of them out. Love the insight of Mike DeCourcy, who is with us here hanging out on college basketball coast to coast. And I'm plugging away for everything. Mike will be on the preview coverage of the Big Ten Network uh, for Saturday and Saturday night's game. They have Minnesota, Nebraska coming on Saturday night. Mike also is bracketing everything for FoxSports.com, releasing his bracket on Mondays and Fridays. So the new bracket will be out on Friday, depending on when you're hearing us. Um, so again, I plug away for Mike as he's with us here on college basketball, coast to coast, Michigan, probably sewed up being a number one seed, depending all things being equal, if they keep winning. And I think an argument can be made with the wins that they're getting like at Ohio state and this win now over Iowa and the wins at the end of the year, even if they only have one loss, you could make an argument. Could you not that they could be the number one overall seed, even though they don't have a loss or even though Gonzaga and Baylor might not have a loss just real quick. You could make that argument, right? I think you could if you were wearing uh, maize and blue. Uh, <laughs> they, they they are a worthy number one, and, and and they will not lose a one seed. Now, the problem with them losing a one seed is it's just the two line doesn't have one seed candidates on it. I mean, they they are where they are, uh, and but to climb above their current state, the the, the current group of twos and threes, um, maybe Illinois could with an incredible finish. But if, if they do that incredible finish, it'll be Ohio State that falls off, not the, not the Wolverines. Interesting. Speaking of Ohio State, hard-fought game with Michigan State. Look who has come alive. It's like Frankenstein, uh, like young <laughs> Frankenstein. It's alive! The Spartans with wins over Illinois and Ohio State at home. H- how much momentum do they have? You saw it uh, Thursday night late at the Breslin Center at the time that we're taping. What about Michigan State? Give me 30, 45 seconds, please. Yeah, uh, Michigan State is, has altered to an extent, uh, to a significant extent, its rotation. Uh, get, you're seeing much more of Gabe Brown and Marcus Bingham, two guys that I was kind of advocating for seeing more of. 
Uh, I thought that Bingham could be a game-changing defensive player, and he made some impressive plays. And Brown has brought width to their offense, the a spacing to their offense, because he's such a good shooter. And, and they have been a much better basketball team. And the other element of it has been that Josh Langford is Josh Langford again. Uh, it, for the first two months of the season, it, it, it felt bad to watch him play because he had once been such a brilliant player and then multiple injuries and just was a, a shadow of himself. And now he is himself. And that's bad news for everybody that gets in the way of the Spartans. Yeah, toughness on defense, rebounding, et cetera, uh, the things that those teams are known for. And they're not home free. They will play Maryland on Sunday. They do have Michigan twice, like you're talking about uh, at the end of the year, one of those a makeup game uh, with the Wolverines. Uh, so we'll see about Michigan State, but they look more like a, a blue blood. And you are working on the blue blood bubble teams. And I got that out, Mike DeCourcy, for SportingNews.com. And on, your, uh, on your, uh, your bracket, you're looking at Kentucky and Duke and Michigan State and where might uh, they be uh, coming up for this. All right, I want to cover another thing, and then I want to play a little in or out before we have to get out of here with you, and I know you got to run as well. The NCAA... Uh, it has had contingencies in place. They've been coming up with a plan, a formula. The entire tournament's going to be played in the state of Indiana, most of it in greater Indianapolis. They're going to have bubbles set up with hotels and practice, et cetera. Now they've come out with guidelines, at least initially here, on when the field of 68 is released on Selection Sunday. They still will have a day or two, if there are positive COVID tests, to maybe replace teams, depending. Mike, you've written about this. Uh, again, it's fluid, but at least they have a plan. Uh, again, give me a thought or two here over over 45 seconds to a minute on, on the NCAA and what they have initially about maybe having to replace teams after they've put them in and seated them in the tournament. It comes down to two things. If you are the Atlantic Sun or the Southland or someone like that and your automatic qualifier uh, has, to, has to be excluded, has to be withdrawn, then there will come there, then, then you have by, by the end of the business Friday, you have to tell the NCAA how you will designate a replacement team. You could, it could be the team that loses your championship game, could be uh, the team that finishes highest up in the standings that doesn't win the lead, that doesn't win the uh, auto bid on the, on the floor. It could even be, if you like, your highest rated net team. I mean, it's your choice, really. Uh, so that team will be replaced by one of yours. But if it's a multi-bid conference, Big Ten, Pac-12, SEC, uh, then they'll just go into the pool of at-large, uh, what would, we would now consider as number 69, 70, 71, 72. And they will take that team and put them in the field. And they will put them in the field at the level that whoever has to be withdrawn is. If it's a six seed, then number 69 comes flying in uh, into Indianapolis <laughs> Air, uh, Airport, and now they're a six seed. And it seems odd. But it's a much better situation than redoing the entire bracket. Of course. This is what we have, right, Mike DeCourcy? I mean, you're going to have right. to be ready that if this happens, you got to plug somebody in wherever they go. And if they have a six in front of their name, an eight, a 10, an 11, you got to be able to plug them in. And they're basically going to have four teams. It's like flying. And I know a lot, not as many people are flying right now. It's like flying standby. You are standing right. by, you're right. waiting if you're those four teams to maybe get the call. Uh, for them to be in uh, for the tournament. And it's a whole nother discussion over the course of the next couple of weeks. What happens if a team plays and they win 
and then they're positive. And then what do you do? What do you do with waiting versus just ruling it as a, as a no contest and let the other team move on? That's something else that they hope doesn't happen, but it could happen out of, out of 34 first round games. And then what 17 uh, more games the next day, uh, you got to, you know, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. If, uh, if that is the case, all right, I promised we were going to do this. Let's do it right now. Let's play a little in or out officially with Mike DeCourcy. Who's in, in or out, out for the big dance in March. Okay. So is that in or out today or in or out, you know, on selection Sunday, we are talking in or out as of right now. Okay. I watched a fantastic mountain West game at San Diego state late night. I know you were watching as well. Boise yes. state got the game tied after being down double figures in the second half lost in overtime. Are both of those teams in at large right now for Mike DeCourcy's bracket, foxsports.com, Boise State and San Diego State both in right now in the Mountain West? Well, in theory, one would be the AQ. Uh, I, I believe that's still Boise. Uh, but they both will, will be in the tournament as of now, yes. Mountain West going to have a third team? Utah State in right now or Utah State out on the DeCourcy bracket? Out right now, um, I think they have they, they have one more series. Uh, have to do well in that, uh, and then but they're but they're they're all, they're even then they're still probably hanging around waiting for some, some somebody to lose their way behind the egg the yeah. egg. Yeah, interesting. And and for some of these conferences, uh, it may come down to the conference tournament and somebody improves their, and this is always the case, right, Mike? They improve their resume by winning a game or two on a neutral floor in 28 or 48 hours, and that helps them enough to get in. That's the way it should Absolutely. be. Absolutely. That's the way it no, should no be. Question. All right, a couple of more on in or out. Did Arkansas solidify themselves once, or, once and for all with that midweek win over Alabama? They are in. Absolutely. Oh, they're so far in that they can see the top of the bracket from where they are. Uh, Missouri, are they sliding out in the SEC here? Do you still have them in in the SEC? Oh, yeah. They're not sliding out of the tournament. They are sliding out of a preferred seed, though. Yeah, could be could be uh, playing first four, maybe something like that. No, no, not that, not that far. Not that far? No, uh, not with the wins the they have. Do you have Duke in right now or more work to do for Duke? In or out as of Friday, late February? They, the, the Stanford loss, it came down, you know, with, when Stanford lost to Oregon, uh, it's, a, it's a hard call, but I just can't see the committee members saying no to Duke if they have the opportunity to put them in. And I'm saying to you, as I keep saying everywhere else, if Kentucky's within a couple of games of 500, they're going to put Kentucky in the first four. They love the name on the front of the jersey. <laughs> Watch it happen on in or out. We'll plug away one more time. He's a great follow on Twitter at TSN Mike for the Sporting News. Read him on the sportingnews.com on the website. Uh, that has done a fantastic job there. Check out all of the bracket stuff, foxsports.com. New bracket out Friday at the time we're taping, correct? And another bracket yes. out on Monday, correct? Correct. On uh, both after, of those. The, after the weekend's action, you can find it on all their social media. They're on Instagram and, and Twitter and all that, at, at CBB on Fox. There you go. So check out his bracket. And Big Ten for the Big Ten basketball uh, coverage, Big Ten Network, Big Ten basketball and beyond prior to and after the Minnesota uh, Nebraska game on Saturday. Lots of Big Ten hoops. You'll see him on the Big Ten Network. He is Mike DeCourcy. Thank you so much for hanging with me uh, here on College Basketball Coast to Coast as we have one weekend to go before it's March. We love it. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, TJ. Always a pleasure. Love chatting with that man, Mike DeCourcy, again in the Basketball Writers Hall of Fame. And again, you see him on the Big Ten Network. You see him as well on 
uh, Fox Sports's uh, coverage on their social media, foxsports.com, uh, blogging away with the bracket. Read him on the sporting news. Now, without further delay, second guest here as we head towards the weekend. And again, however you found us through the podcast of College Basketball Coast to Coast or streaming on TuneIn, you may know results of games that we're talking about. We don't know those yet, but I love the insight, the analysis of my guy. He's been with me on TuneIn now for the last eight years, believe it or not, talking in March uh, whenever we talk about this, previously with me on Fox Sports Radio, Sirius XM. I, he can't get rid of me. Mark Wise back with me. I love the inside of the former Purdue South Florida assistant who you see on the ESPN fleet of networks, including the SEC network. Coach, we're almost to March. This is outstanding. Good to have you back. Thanks, TJ. Uh, I'm excited to be back. And uh, I, too, am a huge fan of Mike DeCourcy and his work. However, he and I vehemently disagree about expanding the NCAA tournament. <laughs> but that's another conversation have, for another we show. We have had dinners in which I have had to be with a striped shirt and a whistle yes. between you two with yes. the silverware. and you. All I can tell you, he's wrong. Well, the only thing that I can say to you is if we keep listening to the coaches and the ex-coaches, we'll have a 300-team tournament before we're over with because you all, you all want everybody to be in. Um, okay, participation award on that. All right, so on that note, let's pick up on something he was just talking about here as college basketball yeah. coast-to-coast rolls on. He was talking about the Big Ten. He was talking about the Mountain West. He was also talking about some in and out. And you said to me, prior to me hitting the record button here, ask me about that. Ask me about how the Big Ten and the Mountain West yeah. are connected. Go ahead. I don't think there's any question about it in terms of um, when I look at Lenardi's, um, and he lists you know, the last four buys, last four in, first four out, next four out. Of those 16 teams, six come from those two leagues, three in the Big Ten and three in the Mountain West. So let's take San Diego State. San Diego State right now is the automatic qualifier with that win uh, in overtime on, against Boise State, and they play again this weekend. They have zero Quadrant One wins. Zero. So let's compare that to the curious case of Minnesota, who has four high-level Quality One wins, uh, Quad One wins, quality wins as well, including a win that no one else in the country has. They have a win over Michigan, but they also have a win over Iowa or Ohio State or Purdue. So they've got four big time, but they're 0-8 on the road, and they are only 6-11 and in the Big Ten. So here's the, here's the point I'd like to make. The committee and everybody associated with the NCAA swears the eye test does not come into play. But at some point in time, TJ, if you're going to put San Diego State with no quad one wins in over Minnesota, it has to be some kind of leap of faith it, it, because everybody on the committee swears it is a data-driven process. I get that. And it is a data-driven process. But are you going to put Minnesota in or are you going to put Indiana in? How far does two wins over Iowa get you instead of Colorado State? So from that standpoint, I just don't, don't see how they're going to avoid some kind of eye test or leap of faith in this particular COVID year. And for years and years and years, you and I have been going round and round about this, doing shows about it before it happens with the selection committee and after it. And we see example after example after example where they say it's who did you beat? And then they put a team in that basically didn't beat anybody. 
and then they have to try to explain it. Or they have a team that beat three somebodies and they leave them out. And so sometimes that leads to all the conjecture about eyeball test, how you were playing at the end, name on the front of the jersey, all the different factors that we we always talk about. So it's interesting on the Big Ten and uh, and also the Mountain West. Do you agree, uh, Mike said to us, and you didn't hear it, but you're coming on right after it, that San Diego State, Boise State, cleanly in, and he believes a third Mountain West team out of Utah State or Colorado State will be in. Do you believe three Mountain West teams make it? Ultimately, yes, I'm I'm buying all that he's selling right there. The Mountain West deserves three teams. And that fourth team, Utah State, for instance, they deserve to be in the mix. At least in the conversation. And what happens in the conference tournament on the neutral floor again, which will carry more weight for a couple of those teams. And that's all over the place. Uh, with different tournaments Uh, okay so SEC is your wheelhouse and even though you did not have a midweek SEC game as it turns out give me a thought or two on the SEC bubble Arkansas a big win earlier in the week we've got Kentucky who didn't play midweek about to play Florida on the weekend and that's a huge game for Kentucky trying to show some life at the end of the season and maybe be an at-large team just wherever you want to go real quick with the SEC if you would please sir well, Arkansas is climbing up the seed list. There's no question about that. The Hogs have won eight in a row and are on quite a row coming off that win over Alabama. Uh, the, the SEC has six comfortably in. I think the lowest seed I've seen for any of the six is the nine seed. So the, they're nowhere close to the bubble in terms of the, those six. Ole Miss is in the conversation. Uh, I think they're, you know, their path to get there is very narrow. Now, speaking of a narrow path, I'm going to go to Kentucky, who's won three in a row, and and their their path is simply uphill. There's no there's no level ground. Steep, there's no downhill steep grade. walking. Steep it grade. is a steep grade, man, all the way uphill. <laughs> but I think there's a path. Now remember that um, the the NCAA has granted a waiver. You don't have to be 500 to get in the NCAA tournament this year. If Kentucky were to win out, that would put them at 10 and seven in the league. They've got the quad one wins, four quad one wins, and they have Florida at home on the weekend. That could be another one. If they did that, and if they won a couple of games in the SEC tournament, if they beat the right teams in the SEC tournament, they could get to 13 and 14, 14 and 13. I'm just saying there's a path. That path is crowded, and it's not very narrow, and it's not very wide, and it's all uphill, and they can afford no – hiccups along the way but there is a slim path i am calling it here on the final friday of february if they're within two games of 500 including whatever they do or don't do in the sec tournament especially if they win a game in the sec tournament kentucky will get in kentucky will be in watch it happen that's me saying And here's the tj here's the one more thing where does missouri end up getting seated because they're in conflict and what i mean by that is their net ranking the the metrics for the tigers does not match their resume i mean they're six and three in quad one games i mean they've got a big time resume but the metrics don't like them so we'll see where they end up being seated 
Very fair on that. He's Mark Wise. He's at MW Hoops on social media. We're going to get to his three wise men in just a moment. Uh, and also, we're going to talk Sunbelt. Why don't we do that just real quick for a second? Because you're working a Friday night game at the time that we're taping on the ESPN fleet of networks. A Sunbelt showdown involving the second best team. Again, we're coast to coast, college basketball, coast to coast. Sunbelt, second best team in the league, South Alabama in action. And they're playing back-to-back games with Georgia State out of Atlanta. Significant for South Alabama. Tell me more real quick. Well, they can clinch the uh, East and the Sunbelt Sun Belt has gone to divisions in this COVID year only. So that you only play teams in the East if you're in the East and consequently the West. Texas State has already clinched the West number one seed. If South Alabama wins that first game or wins either game against Georgia State and Georgia State, one of the teams most disrupted by COVID protocols. They've had three different major disruptions this year in their season. So they've only played 10 Sunbelt games, but they are talented. And these are the two best teams in the East. They were preseason picked one and two in the East. So this should be fun later on on Friday night. Depending on when they're hearing us, again, they're playing twice. South Alabama, Georgia State, Friday and Saturday as the podcast and the streaming show on TuneIn lives throughout the weekend. Keep an eye on the Sunbelt. And you and I work the Sunbelt championship right uh, over and over again for five years in a row on tune in we couldn't work it obviously last year because of the shutdown and we're not able to work it this year they're in pensacola not in new orleans yeah new location new location the sunbelt tournament coming and it's coming early it's coming next weekend they'll finish their regular season this weekend we have time enough to do it let's do it right now let's get to it here we go and now it's time for mark wise's three wise Yes, these can be, again, uh, conference commissioners. These can be athletic directors, coaches, players, whomever. We want the three wise men headed into the final weekend of February. March almost here. Mark Wise, the floor is yours. Give me a wise man or could be wise lady. Give me one, please. Vice President of NCAA Men's Basketball, Dan Gavitt. If you don't know who Dan Gavitt is, you're going to real soon. He's in charge of orchestrating this year's NCAA tournament. He's in charge of the logistics. He's in charge of running the bracket. He's in charge of the committee when they meet. So if you don't know anything about Dan Gavitt, uh, and I think he's a wonderful voice for the NCAA, does a great job, but he is the... Uh, maestro, if you will, of the NCAA orchestration of this year's NCAA tournament. And again, he's the son of Dan Gavitt, the longtime Big East commissioner, big-time influential guy. And real quick thought from you, because they released their contingencies right now about how they'll have a bracket, they'll have four teams winning in the wings, kind of like I said with Mike DeCourcy, like on a standby for an airline for a flight that they may have to plug in. You just got to have contingencies ready, right? Yeah, there's no good way to replace a team so this these are the best of bad options but the only thing that stood out to me was the 48 hour window so after selection sunday at 6 p.m they have 48 hours in which a replacement team could move into the tournament the interesting part you're going to move into wherever that seeded team is so uh if if a number one seed um um is 
<laughs> is not able to play. Guess who the number one new seed might be? It might be Richmond. It might be Stanford. So anyway, I, I'm being jestful well, there, but, but you get again, the point. You got to have contingencies, and we got this contingency. We got about two minutes left. Give me two more my wise men or ladies. Again, these can be coaches, players, athletic directors, former coaches, former players, uh, whomever. Give me another wise man or two. Well, it was certainly a summer of disarray at Wichita State with the investigation of Greg Marshall. He was he was consequently released of his job. How about this job done by interim head coach Isaac Brown? Do you know that Wichita State has won five in a row? Right now, they're the number one seed in the American Athletic Conference They with that big win over Houston. Houston now has three losses. Wichita State only has two. That's something to keep our eye on. He has to be Isaac Brown, the coach of the year in the American and they beat Houston head to head in an upset last weekend. I know you know that. And we'll see what happens in the AAC tournament. One more wise man before we get out of here. Well, this is kind of special because A.W. Hamilton is the head coach at Eastern Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky upset Belmont this week. That was Belmont's first loss in the Ohio Valley. However, that's not the best part of the story in the summer. After a visit to a dermatologist to remove a mold behind his ear, it was found that he had melanoma. He had to have a four-hour surgery. Wow. So he's done all of that. He's telling his story. It's a wonderful story. And he is a graduate of Scott County High School, a cardinal, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. just outside of Lexington, Kentucky. So he's a fellow Scott County graduate. He's an alum. He's an alum along with Mark Wise. I love it on the three wise men. Again, we plug away. He's got Sunbelt action with South Alabama and Georgia State on Friday night. Those teams are playing twice this weekend. Check him out on the tube. Check him out at MW Hoops on social media. We're almost to March, brother. I look forward to talking to you and bothering you a lot more when we get closer with all of the madness, the mayhem, the tournaments, and the big dance. Mark Wise, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, TJ. You are the best. And we thank Mike DeCourcy, the Hall of Famer, for also being with me from the Sporting News, the Big Ten Network. Again, college basketball coast-to-coast streaming on TuneIn and also on podcast at Apple Podcast under College Basketball Coast-to-Coast on TuneIn. Look for the channel TAG, T-A-G, TAG Sports Group. It's streaming all weekend. Pick it up in the middle. Listen on. Listen as it starts over, etc. We love that on TuneIn. For now, we are done. We're back off the weekend with another edition of College Basketball Coast-to-Coast. I'm TJ Reed. Bye.